Before the Rings of Power, there were the Silmarils. Before Sauron, there was his master, Morgoth. Before Aragorn and Arwen, there was... Nobody expects the Torque Inquisition. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Torque Inquisition. Uh, yeah, that's our new intro. That was fun, right? It, it makes you think you're going to be actually listening to something intelligent and important. And not that you aren't, John, but intelligent and important when it comes to reading through the Silmarillion. But no, this is the Torque Inquisition where we like to interview other creative people, people who are involved in Tolkien and creativity and uh, you know, that, that sort of layer of, of people influencing others to read good things and write good things and do things like that. Um, and take a perspective that isn't necessarily the standard Hollywood perspective on things. So today, uh, I'm with Michael Grumbine down below. Hi, Michael. Nice to see you. Nice shirt. Hello, I have hello. that shirt too. If you're on YouTube looking at this it, here, I don't... I'm glad it wasn't too awkward when we both wore it at the same time. Cause I know. Was... Yeah. That one time we went to a movie together and wore the same shirt, standing too close together. <laughs> anyway, sorry, no, I digress. Uh, with us today we have John Carswell, who uh, is an also, also a, a Tolkien podcaster, but he's been doing. He's got way more experience than either of us do, and the Michael already. He's been doing it for what seven years now, John? I think uh, early twenty fifteen. So wow, it's, it's, eight it's years like, almost. Eight years, yeah, Dang. yeah. <clears throat> so eight years, which is about uh, eight times longer than we have, <laughs> and yep. We're uh, it's here at to the, the steal at, all uh, the secrets. Yeah, it's called the Tolkien Road, mm -hmm. um, and you still haven't run out of material. That's impressive. You can go to the TolkienRoad dot com or just TolkienRoad dot com, right? I think that's TolkienRoad dot com. Yeah, TolkienRoad dot com. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, ooh, that uh, website needs redesign. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> you can click listen. You can get become a Patreon there. You can do all the sorts of things. I mean, you've been doing it for a long time. Like you, you don't need a good website anymore. That's, just throw them up there. That's right. That's right. It comes from somebody who's probably. Yeah worked on them in the past anyway so so this is exciting so last year i found out i think john you first reached out to me because uh, i moved to middle tennessee in 2021 and uh i don't know through twitter or something like that i had uh where i lived in middle tennessee is like the city and you were like hey you live like a few miles from me 10 miles from me or something like that we should get together and so we had we had uh, breakfast um like six or seven months ago and then we stopped talking and now we're back. So <laughs> and then we saw the rings of power and then we're back. So anyway, so, uh, yeah, yeah. But th that was cool. You know, we, we have, we, we, we totally came to Tolkien a little differently. I was younger. He was, he was older. He was the movies, but, but he had experienced more in life before me, but I think it both hit us in a very similar, um, I don't know. What's, what's the best word? Creative, creatively spiritual, very basic. Like it, it hits, it hits your core, right? Like when you read it, the, that, 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 that's that right. Time through. So, uh, so we kind of hit it off, and uh, now now we found out that that Michael and John have like one degree of separation in the folks that they know, which was kind of cool. Yeah. But John, before we before we jump into um, all the interpersonal relationships we have to deal with and and uh, settle here, uh, I, I want to ask you first, uh, how did you get started into Tolkien? Like, where where did you go to find your love for Tolkien first? Uh, so. It really goes back to um, the Fellowship of the Ring, the the Peter Jackson uh, film in two thousand one, um, and uh, you know seeing it. So I I had never read the books before. Um, was encouraged to go see the movie. You know, it was kind of a big. It was obviously a pretty big deal at the time. Um, so I went to see it, and you know, just within fifteen minutes, was just like this is like this is incredible. Loved the movie, uh, just everything about it, and between. <clears throat> Uh, so that was like, you know, December of 2001. Um, mm -hmm. And then between then and when the two towers came out the following December, uh, December uh, 2002, 
I, I think I read Lord of the Rings twice. Um, wow. You know, read it and just dove in and found in the book, you know, just something that seemed amazing was listening, you know, this is, I mean, this is before the days of podcasting, but you can still get your hands on like dip, people giving lectures and that kind of thing. I remember listening to, um, uh, people like, uh, Peter Kraft talk about, um, you know, talk about like Lord of the Rings and that kind of thing and Tolkien's worldview and all those sorts of things. And I was just like, this guy, there's something special going on there and just found myself really drawn to, um, to whatever this vision was that, uh, that was in there. So, and, and, you know, I was thinking, because you you all were doing the OneRing.com back then, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, since 1999. Yeah, you know, and um, I I do remember, uh, I do remember the, like going, you know, yeah. back in the, this is you know early days of the internet, really, but like right, going, uh, you know, going to the OneRing.com and you know whatever y'all were posting there at the time, just looking for any any information yeah. from other people about about Tolkien. So, maps right that's our that's maps that's, our, that's the favorite the complete one. list of film changes yeah yeah that was yeah. That, that's still i mean those are still the two big things but yeah yeah i mean we had honestly we have we still have like an archive mode like seventeen thousand articles on the site which wow uh, it wasn't just me it was a number of people but i, yeah. I can't like um yeah nobody reads anymore that's why we do podcasts. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> unfortunately yeah um so no go ahead yeah yeah so so you read it twice which is interesting because a lot of people will see the movie and not actually jump right into the books especially if the movie is good i feel like there are mm -hmm. a lot of people who would be watching and be like wow that was a great movie let me watch it again not wow that was a great movie let me go read the books is that is that how you is like what how does how does that happen because generally if i see a good movie it's like i saw the da vinci code i thought it was fine and i'm not i'm not like like oh, i'll go read a book you know for me it was just like um i wanted to know what happens um mm -hmm. because you know the fellowship of the ring ends on kind of a the, the film ends on kind of a cliffhanger uh, okay. um and so I'm like, I wanted to know what happens. And, and I'd also had, I also knew people who were recommending the books to me and like, you know, um, just saying like, you know, if you like the movie, the books are even better. You really need to read the books. People who had read the books, been fans of Tolkien for a long time. Um, and, and they just came highly recommended. And, you know, it's one of these things where, I mean, you know, the first time you read Lord of the Rings, it's a little, um, unless you're, some people are, you know, can just read anything, but like, it, it's a little challenging the first time you read it, like to, you know, to get in, to get into it. Um, but once you, you know, once you hit your stride, it's hard to put down, mm -hmm. you know, um, you get a few chapters in, <laughs> you, you, you experience Tom Bombadil for the first time. And then maybe, maybe you get beyond that and you're like, okay, you know, <laughs> now this is in the past. And now this is all starting to, you know, be really, be really interesting. Of course you come back later and you realize that Tom Bombadil is like one of the greatest of Tolkien's inventions. You just didn't know enough to appreciate him at yeah. the time. So <laughs> not dissing Tom Bombadil. <laughs> no, 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 I, I don't, we don't diss Tom Bombadil. We might occasionally poke fun at his color choices, but yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You got to have fun with him. I mean, he's a fun character. He's so. a fantastic character. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so you read it twice, which is in one year, which is impressive. Cause I mean, that's, you know, 1300 pages and maybe you didn't read anything else if you're, you know, anyway, but uh, you were also at the time, right? Were you in the Navy then? Or were you, what was your status? Cause you, you, you've come around to creating a podcast in, in a very windy path. I think it hasn't yeah, exactly yeah. been direct. Well, well, um, would you say it's been a windy Tolkien road? <laughs> that's right that's right a long and winding tolkien road um it yeah so ever on and on that's that's <laughs> right that's right so we um i was a i was a uh first class midshipman at mm -hmm. the naval academy when uh 
Fellowship of the Ring came out in theaters. So I graduated that May, uh, went into the submarine force out of uh, out of the Navy. Was in was in the Navy for uh, the next six years until 2008, wow. and um, and then I got out of the Navy. Had you know probably read Lord of the Rings a couple more times you know during that period. Um, watched the movies a ton. Was always I uh, was listening to you guys your most recent episode talking about the. Uh, I only watched the extended editions, and I was one of those people. I was like, only <laughs> yeah, watch right. editions, right? Um, Absolutely. And exactly. uh, so, anyway, I I uh, got out of the Navy, moved to Middle Tennessee, where I live now, and uh, had a job. Um, got a job. Went back to school. Uh, had a little bit of money with like a post nine eleven GI Bill, so I went back to school and got a master's degree in English, and um, and. Wow. For my master's thesis, wrote you know really focused on on Tolkien, was uh, reading a lot of Tolkien, really wanted to understand more deeply like what was going on with his, uh, you know, with his works, uh, it, and that's been like my project ever since. Is just like, what is the Tolkien thing? Like, what is that thing that makes his writing so special that uh, draws so many people to them, uh, and and then just has this strange power upon yeah. upon so many people, um, just affects people so deeply in their souls. Us reformed Tolkien people, we call it the uh, the Tolkien shaped hole in your heart. That's right. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it's true though. It's something Michael and I and Dan have talked about in the past. That when once you read Tolkien, you start reading other books. You're like, this just isn't. It's fine, but it's not great. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's good, and it's maybe bordering on, but it's just not the same, right? The, it's something like I, I think Tolkien was the only only book where I ever got choked up. I don't get choked up or cry very easily. But when Boromir died, like I, mm-hmm. I had to like reread that like three times because I couldn't, I couldn't fathom him dying right then and there, um, mm-hmm. especially in defense of the hobbits. So, yeah, yeah. So, but you went to school for this. You went like you 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 spent a ton of extra money just to figure it out. Well, it was a GI Bill, right? <laughs> GI Bill. Well, yeah, hey, yeah. Still, well, time yeah. is money. So I spent I spent go. Uncle Sam's money um, on <laughs> our money, well, Michael, well spent. our money, well spent. But it was well spent. but I earned it. I, I did earn it. So. You did. I know. I know. Um, no. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, the the program wasn't all focused on Tolkien, but yeah. when it came time to be able to choose what I wanted to, you know, really study towards towards the end of that program, I chose diving into Tolkien. One of the other things I did was uh, so so kind of the question I was exploring was just kind of the general like. Um, how, how does how does he create this verisimilitude, right? Like this this uh, feeling of reality within his works. Mm-hmm. Um, I also uh, during that time finally like it, it was also a good really good excuse to force myself to read the Silmarillion for the first time because I tried and failed <laughs> a couple of times, and so I did. I made it through one time, and then I was like, okay, I made it through the first time. Now I can make now I can start to understand it. So I probably read it again, and um, and then. I had an opportunity to, to present at a conference and really love the story of Baron and Luthien. So I, uh, I told this, uh, I, I, I wrote a paper on the story of Baron and Luthien and, um, uh, and then it was shortly after that. So that's getting up to 2014. And shortly after that, uh, there were some kind of different things that happened as far as my job situation. And mm-hmm. I had some time off and I was like, I'm going to start this podcast. So, uh, and publish this book. Uh, published this paper, long paper I wrote as a book, and uh, and that's how it all got started as far as the the Tolkien Road goes. So if you if you had to sort of summarize in a sentence or two where you think the greatness of Tolkien lies, why is it why is the Tolkien you know 
Let me back up a second. One of the things that I've found the hardest to explain to adults in my life is my love for Tolkien. And mm-hmm. I found it, it's, it doesn't, it, I'm not ashamed of it, but it, but it, it especially as Americans, we have l- little appreciation, I, I think, for that type of literature, except as children's literature. That's the way what everyone defaults to. Mm-hmm. And, right. and they don't just don't take it seriously. But in fact, in my view, um, and I have reasons, but my view is that it's, it's a, it's a, it's a book, it's a work that in fact is of the, the most serious nature. It's the, it's the kind of work that gets at, the heart of reality in a certain under a certain mode but mm-hmm. but um i'm kind of curious if you were to explain what is the draw from tolkien um that why has he touched the hearts of everyone from young, the young to you know hippie college students in the 60s much to Ch- tolkien's chagrin to um you know professors of english and very serious types to the masses you know i remember i was in england in 2000 and they the 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 British press was very irritated that the English people, the people of Britain, voted Tolkien the number one novel of the 20th century. Um, they were they, they were highly highly irritated irritated about that. The literati of England were so he has this broad appeal. Where do you think that lies? Well, I will say brevity on this subject is not my strong suit because, as you'll notice, I've done over 300, 300 <laughs> hour long episodes. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's the project. I'm just like on a journey to to figure out and put into words, uh, and put it into words in a way that does it justice. Um, I think that I think that there's something there's something mystical going on in in what in in what he was doing, and that's why it's so hard to put into words. Um, uh, I'll, I'll stop there. Does that does that sound too crazy? Does that sound no. too crazy? Do you feel a ring of truth to that? No, it, no, it doesn't. I mean, I'm hmm. so as a as a Roman Catholic. Um, there, when I see there are elements in his which which he is deliberately touching on the mystical. There's elements mm-hmm. that are sacramental, in fact, in his in his work. Um, but that's not something I can usually bring up in polite conversation. Um, and uh, doesn't get much play amongst my Protestant brethren. So that that the, the sacramental part, anyway. But but the mystical part might, and the, the theological part definitely does. Since we're we're about to interview a guy that uh, a Baptist that in fact wrote a whole book on Tolkien's theology, and he did an mm-hmm. excellent job actually. Um, and and so it, there is something beyond the. It, it, this isn't just fiction writing. It isn't even just excellent fiction. Um, it isn't even just myth. Um, this the language of myth which it is definitely the language of myth but it isn't just that i i feel mm-hmm. it, it's i mean the lord of the rings is something he worked on for his entire uh adult life and now, now maybe we should expand that to say the legendarium of middle earth mm-hmm. of which the lord of the rings is the crowning is the crown jewel the crowning achievement of it all that's right that's right um, he maybe had hoped that the Silmarillion was going to be, but the Lord of the Rings. Everybody loves hobbits, so he had to write. He had to write. <laughs> he had to write a new Hobbit that really expanded upon the legendarium he had already been creating. Um, I find I find his letters and his nonfiction writing helpful in putting in put in putting into words his own words what he was doing. And see, the problem is. I'm not even really sure he had the words 
to express what he was doing. I think he just, he was following his muse throughout his life and his faith. Um, he, he did not see it at, he did not see, he, or he grew into seeing it totally in as something in sync with his faith. And through that process, he discovered just these incredible truths about human creativity and uh, how our, our creative tendencies are not necessarily uh, these sort of like, you know, things over here that you kind of like have to keep in the corner because they're not really that important, that our creative tendencies are, uh, there's something of like the, the, the divine fire within us, right? Like the, right. the whole idea of, of sub-creators, right? Of sub-creation, uh, different terms that he coined, um, the idea of, of eucatastrophe, um, like, you know, just that the, uh, the, the happy turn of, of tying, tying his legendarium in subtle ways, not, not, not putting a fine point on it, but, but, uh, in subtle ways, tying his legendarium into our reality by way of, uh, little hints of the, you know, of the gospel here and there. I hate even saying like little hints of the gospel yeah. because that makes it sound like he's like putting little things over here. Like right. it's, it's really like he saw it as taking place. It's like, it's like a, um, almost like a proto gospel, right. Or a, another, another old Testament, right. Like from some other angle. Right. Yeah. Unless, unless folks think the, the Christian um, follower followers of our podcast think that we're um, straining to the sacrilegious. I, the way I see that is it's the, the gospels themselves are like the, the, the deepest of background thrums in, in, in music. And when you can tie your harmony to that and you match that, the, you know, when, when, when the frequencies match as you, in t certain touch points of the story, and I know I just used music as an, as an example to Perfect. explain, then, then there, there's a, there's that, that most Tolkienian of, um, of realities that you've created in literature, which is the type, right? He, mm -hmm. he the echo um, through the ages, like everything in his work echoes. The, when you read the Silmarillion, you begin to appreciate exactly how many echoes there are, in fact, in the Lord of the Rings, which you rightly call the crowning jewel, but yet there's no, there's the full appreciation of the crowning jewel as attractive as it has been to the masses. The full appreciation of it is not possible without reading the history, um, mm. even though that most people can't make it through. Yeah, um, especially not in the first try. Yeah, I really liked your idea that we're of the the sound of like you know the the thrum or the the bass line in between that everything has to so if the bass line is off everything else is going to be horrible. But you know mm -hmm. if if the piccolo is slightly off then maybe uh, you you can run back into it. But in any case, like the whole idea of the bass line, right? And um, this comes to um, the the book that we're going to read. The author we're going to interview uh, in our next uh, in our next interview, a uh, book called uh, Tolkien Dogmatics. Is that right? That's that's right, right? Anyway, and he brings up. <clears throat> this this line about uh he he writes this uh, uh page uh, 68 of 623 if you really want to get deep into tolkien uh he writes this was tolkien inspired no not if one one means by this that tolkien was somehow bestowed an errant divine authority to deliver a message purporting to be from god but in the catholic milieu of which tolkien was a part is not unusual to find persons specially gifted or guided by god outside the pages of the holy scriptures and he brings up uh cadman of uh you know uh, you might have heard the, the band Cadman's Call, a Christian band from like the 90s that was popular at the time. But Cadman is um, a guy in uh, Old English, if I'm remembering all this right, who 
uh, a poet who suddenly had, or not even a poet, uh, he suddenly had like divine inspiration and he could not stop singing. That was his thing. And so um, he had this call to write. And so I feel like there are people like Tolkien, like Hadman, you know, separated by over a thousand years who they're able to feel that thrum a little bit more, right? And somehow that is then like, we we feel that too. And it's really hard to put into words. Like all the time, mm-hmm. it's hard to put into words. I can't get my wife to read The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> How do I explain this to her, right? That's my thing. So I couldn't, uh, I couldn't even get my kids to read The Lord. I had, I had to get my wife on the podcast to, uh, you know, to get her to read it. She, Michael, actually, she actually had read it a couple of times, but to get her really? to read it still early and I had to get her. Oh, that's rough. To get yeah. Podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, eventually, eventually. I go, I go, I go old school, Kath. Like I, I uh, have... My, my kids have to participate if they want uh, other things that are in life, like screen time. <laughs> my, my, my children have to, uh, my boys have to write me in Tangwar um, what they've done and accomplished for the day and why they should get day, screen yeah. time before I, I say yay or nay. Yeah. So I get, the, I get these right elvish there. notes yeah. on yeah. a regular basis. Well, that, and, and that is interesting, that speaking of, of significant others, that you do the podcast with your wife, which is, you know. How? How did you that, do it? Yeah. So, so did she read Lord of the Rings? And how did you, did you, were you like, hey, let's do this. Nobody's going to listen to it. Or were you like, hey, let's do this. It's going to take up way too much time and you're not going to see me anymore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I, unfortunately, I didn't like have a, you know, uh, you know, any, any like uh, buddies that were, you know, and this is going mm-hmm. back several years, but I didn't have any buddies who were like, um super nerds when it came to Tolkien stuff like I was. Right. And, uh, I definitely nobody who would want to spend like, you know, spend, uh, you know, weekly, weekly hours going through, you know, Silmarillion, Lord of the Rings, all of that chapter by chapter. Um, so our kids were a lot younger at the time and, you know, it was just kind of like, Hey, you know, uh, I don't want to just be the only person on there talking because that'll get boring for people. Yeah. It's more interesting normally when you've got a conversation going on. So, um, so I just, you know, was like, Hey, let's just, uh, let's just start doing this. Just start reading chapter by chapter. Um, all I need you to do is read and then show up and, you know, I'll kind of, I'll kind of lead, you know, uh, lead the conversation and we can just get it going. Uh, so it worked, you know, it worked and people, uh, people really seem to enjoy it. Um, uh, no, you know, over time it's, uh, so, uh, as of late, she, she isn't on as much as, um, as much as she has been in the past, that's more just a function of like changing, uh, you know, I mentioned, uh, to you guys, my, my daughter heading off to college. And so there's just changing, uh, family dynamics and that kind of thing. But she comes up, she comes back on from time to time. Uh, but, but right now I'm going through the fall of Numenor by myself. Um, just kind of trying to, first of all, it came out and I'm like, second of all, um, it'll be helpful, uh, to maybe use this to correct some of the errors from the <laughs> TV show, so or just the, some of the things that the directions they went that just you know they could have gone other directions. I thought they went so, back to the book. Yeah, tell yeah. me when. Tell me when you get to that part where they're scared of the elves taking their jobs. That was that's that, that's. <laughs> you never read that part before? No, I missed that. I yeah. I, I missed it somehow. Well, yeah. so what did like? So I'm just curious. I'm always curious about this. So uh, your um, you know, deep into Tolkien. I mean, I would say that like, they're, they're kind of like three levels of Tolkien fans. There's the original level or who, who maybe read the book once or saw the movies and like, Hey, that was great. And I'm not going to jump into it. Uh, it, there, there's a lot of people like that who love the Lord of the Rings, but they tried the Silmarillion and they're, Oh, no way. I can't, I can't do that. It's just not, it's not me anymore. Uh, right. but then there's like, I think those of us who, uh, have read the Silmarillion and this is a, you know, this is all on a, on a spectrum, uh, who love it and, and really enjoy it. 
Uh, and actually, the more you read the Silmarillion, the more you get out of it. Or the more you read the histories of Middle Earth and things like that, the more you get out of it because you're, the, the investment is greater and the payoff is greater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the, I think, like I would say the 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 other folks who do this for a living, and uh, write books, long books, teach classes. Right there, there's that level where where it is an an academic pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, but what? what kind of people actually like the rings of power? Because it's, I don't think it's any of those kinds of people, right? Anybody who actually read the Lord. Of the Rings, I mean, I don't know. Like that's the thing it's like, how many people do we yeah. know that jumped into it? And we're like, this is great. Um, I don't know anybody. And uh, I, any, any praise I've heard of it has been very like kind of qualified praise or almost kind of like, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I just kind of like it. I just kind of like watching it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and like with, with, when we did our reviews, we, we reviewed each episode and um it was funny like you know and and greta's usually like a much um less less dogmatic about tolkien things than i am but she she just hated it and (laughs) you know she loved but she loved you know the peter jackson films so um i you know i i was not a fan of of the rings of power either um but i as we went through it i just i you know we we've been doing the podcast a long time so there's a lot of people who listen and 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 there's a lot of people who listen that probably just love it that there's another excuse yeah to anything is good. middle earth even if it's kind of subpar middle earth vicariously right? yeah yeah oh yeah. oh subpar right through rings of power yeah, yeah yeah and and um i i and i don't like so i don't i don't i try not to get too heavy on like but when we did our reviews i just kind of went through like you know scene by scene and was just like you know here yeah. it is and and i you know if there was things i took issue with i would state you know state what that problem was you were definitely thing, much more diplomatic about it than I probably was. Yeah, well, it, it just ha- having been doing the podcast for so long, there's just so many different people listening, and um, uh, yeah. you know, I, I just I, I didn't want to I didn't want to just spend the whole time trashing it. <clears throat> I wanted, but I did want to I did I didn't want to hold back either in terms right. of my criticisms of it because I did have strong criticisms of it. Right. Right. Um, so it was kind of like okay, you know. I'll mention one or two things that I kind of liked about the episode. And then it's like, let's talk about all the things that were wrong with it. It's hard to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here's that's, that's the thing, right? If you've read Tolkien, if you've gone through the similar in particular, right? Mm-hmm. I think their assumption was that um, most people don't know this stuff. So we're just going to make up Mithril, right? So we're just going to pretend that the distances on the oceans and the land doesn't matter. And that uh, Elrond or not Elrond. Yeah. Elrond and uh, Celebrimbor can walk across in their robes of, uh, yeah. of, uh, of windows their 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 curtains anyway and walk over to Kazadum and just stroll back it was right over there yeah right over there yeah and um and if you know that then right right away like you're uh you know you're triggered you're like like no 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 no, no. you can't do this no no no, no. and everything well, was it, like that with it, us. it was just so frustrating because there was so there was so much money spent on this thing <laughs> yeah, and right you could right. not get the artistry right like like I, I get it that you can't spend you, you've got eight episodes in one season to work with and you've got constraints. I get that you yeah. have constraints, but, but the best artists within Hollywood and their various fields, they know how to tell a good story and tell it within the confines, the, the, the limits that are placed on them. Right. Exactly. I, you know, the funny thing for me is, uh, and, and I like this little analogy, I am a uh, I'm a huge uh, fan of the Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul uh, universe. Me too. And um, it, it's probably at this point my favorite uh, 
two favorite TV shows. Um, and it takes place in New Mexico, which is the land of enchantment. And what I love about it, one of the things I realized I love about it is be, is it's I'm totally enchanted by it, right? And enchantment is this key thing when it comes to Tolkien's artistry. He talks about it in, in on fairy stories as being uh, one of the the chief qualities that you have to achieve with good fantasy, uh, with good fairy tales, uh, in order for them to reach kind of the the standard that he has in mind. Uh, if you're just going for suspension of disbelief, then you're falling short. <clears throat> right. And and that was the best that I could do with the show was like was suspension of disbelief. You know, um, you, you, even just looking at the land of Numenor, for example, right? Galadriel goes on a weird horse ride across. Uh, from one end to the other, right? And which they never tell us that she's going from like it's never like yeah they never actually a... tell us anything about Numenor. It's just like here's here's Numenor, here's old Numenor, right? Yeah. Like this little place right here. And it's like, is that Romana? Is that it must be Romana because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a coat that's a port city. It could be a there are some other port cities. It's not Armanelos, right? But you're making it look like Armanelos because this exactly. is where the throne is. Exactly. And and then she goes on a horse ride, which apparently is all the way across the island, but and that's like six hundred miles. Oh my god! But it's just like yeah. going on a little horse ride. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. just little and, things, little notes like that. Um, and but I don't. I wouldn't even call those little, John. I I, I just uh, and that was not a that was an unintended Robin Hood reference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was there was oh, there were man. they were they were so nice. basic. They even got into it like that kind of thing. It's it's. The reason I agree with you so much about that point about Numenor is because this is what makes Tolkien's works so compelling is that mm-hmm. he has this detail and he wasn't perfect. He didn't not make any mistakes, but he had this such a devotion to the richness and building the background that it would be it, it is a deep disservice to his literature to ignore all that so that's fine that's one thing that's like for the tolkien the real tolkien nerds we get worked up about that stuff but then you get to places like when the numenorians are coming to save a village that they, they don't even know exists and is under attack which is hilarious that they would be charging across the mountain but they literally say it's going to take us three days or two days to make this travel and then one night later they arrive. <laughs> right. So they can't even pay attention to their own yeah. dialogue from, yeah. from the yeah. previous episode and, and make sure that it's, I mean, I don't know who the quality control people are were, that, it, or weren't. Yeah. I um, mean, this is what, what, why Tolkien is so good because he, he slaved over the details. There's a quote that I, I posted to Twitter a while back, which was this map is hell because he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't make the map work exactly as he wanted to and he had to keep yeah. shifting things and like the the time it took them to to cross certain paths and get across mountains and things like that it just wasn't working out perfectly and he spent so much time trying to get it right mm-hmm. and then other people who take his work and don't care about it that's where i think the big disconnect becomes yeah. for fans like us whereas they they just seemed like they didn't care anymore it's just like uh, the the goal is to actually make the special effects look really good and nothing else matters like the acting the writing everything else doesn't matter they had money they had time they had like, you know, and, and they couldn't get it right. And, and I don't, you know, at the end of the day, like, uh, I don't pay a lot of attention to like the, you know, what's happening now in terms of like the, the daily, you know, leaks from the production or whatever yeah, like that. Me neither. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily, um, and maybe this, maybe I'm wrong in this, but I don't necessarily fault the, uh, the showrunners, the two, the two guys, whatever their names are. Um, 
and um i i i think they got thrown into it and um and and somebody like they were like these two guys want to make a name for themselves they'll just you know they'll they'll be useful tools for us corporate powers right yeah and i think about like the corporate powers having their hands on tolkien's works and i'm like it's like this is basically Sauron got his hands on Tolkien mm-hmm. stories and mm-hmm. is now telling the stories. That's right. right? They're um, burning up the Shire. Right? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> um, and <clears throat> so, you know, and I look back at like Peter Jackson's films and again, there's, there's issues with Peter Jackson's film. He did, he did not create perfection, but those Lord of the Rings films stand up and are, and are good films in my opinion. Um, and are still very enchanting to me mm-hmm. because he was one guy who had a very unique vision, just like Tolkien was, right? Yeah. Just he like he had Tolkien the passion, was. man. He did, right? Yeah. And then you look, and, it, and Rings of Power is all—it's a corporate it thing, is. and it's so it's mediocre, and yeah. uh, and it's mart and it's marketable, and all, all these kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, I, I did a video a while back, like uh, probably in the summer, where it's the, all these things fail when you don't have a single passionate voice standing up for it, and so mm-hmm. you look at Star Wars, even Marvel now when. Uh, I think John Favreau left. Right? There was there was a voice who was like kind of speaking what it was, and then you lose George Lucas, and now you lose Peter Jackson, or Peter Jackson lost J.R. Tolkien, or however you want to look at that. But you lose that passion, and it becomes an exercise in profit. Mm-hmm. And if it's not going to make a profit, we're just going to kill it rather than let's make something great. And by default, what should happen is you will actually make money on it, which is what happened. And yeah. uh, and I'm and, and which leads us right into where we are now with the upcoming films from Warner brothers supposedly set in the third age. Yeah. But it's, it's that corporate entity and that's what scares me the most. It it's, it's, it's a machine. Yeah. And I will speak to what you're saying, John, I, I really do. I agree with you hundred percent about, um, JD Payne, whose name has taken on mm-hmm. special significance to me and, uh, <laughs> and Patrick McKay. Um, but because I, I actually showrunners. Yeah, the, the two showrunners for Rings of Power. I, I just, I really do believe that the corporate machine just chose them because they were easy to manipulate. Like they, they, they would not have been. They had no credits it. under their belt before yep. this. If yeah. they had actually got Jackson back again somehow, and if he had been interested, they would, they would not have liked it because they wouldn't have been able to push him around right. the, way. So this, the mm-hmm. same way. No, I'm no fan of the Hobbit movies, but I know that there was also other, other considerations about Totoro, uh, Guillermo de Toro's mm-hmm. um, scripts yeah, and things that. Yeah that they had to um toe the line on that jackson had to toe the line on but uh anyway it's it 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 really is a corporate product and hence more of a more of a product i mean maybe maybe i'm I'm tapping into the lewis um that hideous strength too much but it's like it's like as if the nice corporation made a movie about tolkien's middle like it it, it's so it's, and, it, and it doesn't even hold up to its own standards. I mean, for heaven's sake, the prequel to House of the Dragon did way better than than right. Tolkien's work, which which uh, has no no um, right to. But but then again, yeah. you look at that and you're like, well, House of the Dragon had the original writer involved still, and so mm-hmm. there was even though, and you look at um, uh, 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 song of ice and fire what's it what was this song? It was game of thrones i couldn't even remember the name of it mm-hmm. look at that once the once the the person with the passion behind it the author was gone the last two seasons just fell into an abyss we're terrible yeah, yeah i was i was more even though i think martin is a talented writer i was more comparing like at their best game of thrones and house of the dragon when put into film they can yeah. reach about that high 
Tolkien has the potential for Tolkien, a, yeah. a, an actual good Tolkien film, is so yeah. much higher. And the fact that they managed to achieve this ridiculously low level of interest and in, 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 like it didn't even stand up to its own uh, to modern media, let alone his his works. So yeah, yeah it, it was it was a travesty. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. how do they fix it in the upcoming films? I mean, they said they're going back to Peter Jackson, but I think, you know, Peter Jackson's kind of been there, done that. I don't think he has that passion yeah. anymore, right? That was that was his magnum opus, doing The Lord of the Rings. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. So here's here's an example. Here's an example. I don't know. Are either of you guys Star Trek fans? Yes. Yeah, I'm a Star Trek fan. Okay, yeah. so Star Trek Picard seasons one and two were absolute utter trash. They, they had no business being called Star Trek. Picard was a shell of himself. They had to deal with daddy issues and mommy issues and all this sort of stuff that in star trek doesn't mean anything star trek has always been about people coming together about you know earth was obviously in a utopian format and um based out of that right the federation was trying to do good and here the whole time you know we've got uh, again there is a whole the whole season two is based on illegal immigration like nobody in this world wants to see star trek based upon illegal immigration in our time we, we watch star trek to to escape not to actually like go look at like how bad our political systems are right now wait you didn't watch star trek to see stacy abrams as president of the <laughs> that's world that's another one she was in star <laughs> trek discovery i didn't see that season but i knew that she was in it what mm. i want to see is the failed Georgia governor gubernatorial candidate, right? That's what I want to see. <laughs> uh, anyway, so but but Picard season three is actually amazingly good. It is really That's good really good. Uh, and they got a guy who worked on. I think he worked on the next generation. He's like an intern, or he was an assistant, or something like that, and kind of stuck with Star Trek. And he worked on I think Picard season two, but that gave him an in to the suits and an in to the actors to go to them. Hey, like, here's my idea for season three. Here, let's do this. Let's do this. His name is Terry Metalis. Uh, and the music is great. They got rid of Jeff Russo, who's an absolutely abysmal conductor or musician. I, I hate his music. It is all just bland and uh, melodyless. Uh, and they got a new guy to kind of like harken back to some of the old themes. And so what they did is they got somebody with some vision, with some passion, mm -hmm. and put him in charge of it and stood back and said, Let, you, you do whatever you want. And so okay. they completely ignored seasons one and two. They ignored like what, what, what Warner Brothers would have to do with some parts of The Hobbit, I think, and would have to do with obviously with Rings of Power, which which they can do, but they have to ignore what came before and do something with a passion there and hands off, right? And say, <laughs> yeah, what? Go ahead, Michael. However, that's, that's my, okay. However, I know we, we brought, we brought John on to interview him and then we're just sitting here talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll jump but, in. I'll jump in a bit. Yeah, please do run rough shot if you, if you can. And, but, but here's the difference. The thing I love about season three of Picard. Yeah. I love Yes, I agree with you. It's it's so far it's good. First few episodes are good. Reason mm -hmm. it's good is because they brought back Riker, because they brought back Worf, because they're doing it the way. It, but it's not just that. The, the, no, no, but they're, but they're living up to their characters. They're true. They're yes. So here's the thing: they are tapping into something that made S, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation good, or at least watchable for mm -hmm. for most people, and. And so they have something real to reach back to and say, hey, we're going to make it like this again because everyone says that our first two seasons sucked. And so, so we're going we're gonna to take a chance on a, on, a, on a twist by like actually going back to the source material that people like. They don't have that option with Rings of Power. This is why I say yeah. that because they can't use the Silmarillion. They can't. Yeah, I know. And so, no, and if they do, they'll, they'll get their rear end suit off. So, so <laughs> in See, other words... My my thing was like, well, okay, you've got um, you've got Appendix B, and um, and some information from Appendix A. Mm -hmm. um, 
so you i mean and and apparently they have you know permission they can go to the tolkien estate and be like hey can we use this can we use this right um but uh you know my whole thing is like well if you don't if you can't tell the story the way it needs to be told and don't tell the story. You could have told another story. You could have done something right, else. Totally. Right. Yeah. And, um, but a quarter of a billion dollars, come on, just John, they the spent a quarter of a billion. How could they have to do something now? There are a bunch of suits who just spent a quarter of a billion dollars on rights. So, yeah. so I, I just, I just think they've painted themselves in a corner. I agree with you. You have elements of course, from the Silmarillion in appendix A and appendix B, but, but, but you don't have enough. If they start, if they start, tapping in too much of the Silmarillion. And sure, you could play right. the lawyer game, but you can't play the lawyer game with the whole thing. Right. And lawyer games mm-hmm. are expensive. I, well, yeah. So so I'm let's completely write off the Rings of Power and and say that's, you know, that's that's sludge under the bridge. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the, the what they're gonna do with the films, right? Because that's the real thing. Is like the Rings yeah. of Power is like I don't know how you recover from that unless you take you take what they made huge and you try to concentrate on one story and make it really interesting. Hmm. Um hmm. But with Warner Brothers, right, they're gonna they're gonna supposedly tell stories in the third age. They're going to tell stories perhaps of young Aragorn, they're gonna tell stories of perhaps um, you know, the the Angmar Wars, the the um uh with Witch King of Angmar and how they lost Arnor and all that. so you know, the whole battle up there and right. see Weathertop again and see all that. Um but how do you like that's that's logistical. That's like, okay, what are we going to do? What kind of person do they need to get involved? Like, are there people still out there? Like, do they need to go outside of the Hollywood industry? And would these guys ever do it? Or should we just forget about it? Uh, like, uh, I, I honestly, after the, yeah, go ahead. I honestly don't like, I, I'm so, uh, maybe they be need honest, to, John, maybe they be get honest. Vince Gilligan to do it. Cause he's mm-hmm. the only guy I seem to trust these days when it comes to anything, <laughs> um, any, anything in Hollywood. Um, uh, so, I, I just there's so few people like that I think are up I think are up to the task at this point. Uh it's just all it's just all so corporate and um everything yeah. is so everything is so managed um from the top down by people who are, you know, pro- they're they're probably millionaires playing games with each other and, you know, uh career games with each other. And, you know, everybody knows that dynamic that goes on mm-hmm. with people gun you know just idiots gunning for you know little little fiefdoms within their corporate worlds and these are the kinds of things that tolkien stuff is subject to right now right uh, um uh, little petty little uh, petty fiefdom right. arguments and so i'm like <laughs> that probably sounds really pessimistic my i guess the optimist in me will say i do really hope they can do something great because i want to mm-hmm. see something great i wanted rings of power to be fantastic um me too you go back and you go back to the years leading up to uh, 2022 after they announced it. And I was, I was like super excited, very, like, too. Talked a lot of, a lot about on the podcast. Um, it wasn't until like that, uh, that trailer dropped during the super bowl and some of the stuff with like magazine articles and that kind and of the thing. Super fans. Like, remember them? Oh, I, I, I didn't even ever watch. I just, I was done by even the time the super fans <laughs> thing came out. And I, I, I heard okay. about it later on, but I was just like that. It was, it was the nail in the coffin for me yeah. because I was like, yeah. I was like, you guys are trying way too hard with this, man. Like, see, um, see, it's it's that's the problem with with uh, you know converts to Catholicism like you is that you you haven't you haven't absorbed the self flagellation that that <laughs> cradle Catholics have, and so we're we're you, you know we we want the pain at a certain point. We're just like, it's oh, like... it's so that's so wrong. I'm gonna watch some more of it. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, I, you know, I've been oh, I've been Catholic uh, twelve. Uh, t- 13 years at Easter. So, uh, you know, I, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to pick up on the self-flagellation. All right. All right. Yeah. I said I watched Rings of Power all eight episodes. Of that first true. Season. You did. That, that is a good start. I'm good getting, start. Um, now, now you can go and watch Star Trek Discovery. I mean, what do you guys think of like, um, all right, so so the War of the Rohirrim, right? Mm-hmm. That was one, like that was announced a couple of years ago. And um, that's like an some, huh. animated thing. I think it's still supposed to be animated. Yes, sir. And mm-hmm. I, it's... I'm actually, I've been saying for a long time that, oh, sorry, guys. I've... Arm that goes off after nine. It's all right. Mute myself. It's, it's good. There, gotcha. All right. While, uh, while John deals with the, I'm the, the invaders just, in his home. Yeah, I'm just glad he is. Give us a attack. thumbs up, John, when you're ready. Yeah, we're, we're good. It, this is the, oh, you're up. Okay, good. This the, uh, it's, it's the pain of the rings of power. Stop talking, talking about, about the rings of power. Everybody more. knows it sucks. Just move on. <laughs> That's true. You set That's you true. set an alarm on your on your computer. If rings of power is brought up too many times. It just starts going off. So that was the uh, that was that was a uh, you know Jeff Bezos uh, sounding yeah, right? the alarm, yeah. talking too much smack about the rings of power. <laughs> the alarm. It's the rings I'm of power mode. I'm watching. I'm listening. Oh gosh, so um, true. Uh, yeah. So War of the Rohirrim. I. I have been of the opinion for a while that um, I see I could see bright a bright future in high quality animation for uh, adapting Tolkien's works, and I think he would have been amenable to that idea. Um, he has a quote where he says uh, he he alludes to this illustrator I think it's Raskin over um, over. Uh, Disney, right? He's like Raskin rather than Disney, right? And you look up this Raskin's, um, you know, artwork uh, illustrator from the early mid twentieth century, and uh, you know, it's 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 really interesting, uh, really interesting stuff. It's really beautiful stuff. Hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what happens with this War of the Rohirrim. I think maybe they need to tell stories where there's just five sentences and that's all you know about it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And well, um, and that means they're short stories. They're not trying to make something huge and encompassing all of Middle Earth again. Exactly. Which is right. A much better approach. It, it's right. it's almost like um, it's almost like they tried to bite off more than they could chew. And it it's it feels Absolutely. in a way like um, Star Wars. Uh, you know, the the thing that happened with Star Wars with the with the sequels was it a similar thing where it's like they tried to they tried to dive right back into this yeah. um to this thing and after all these years and. They yeah. they needed to build they needed to build to it instead. Well, they did, I mean, they did mention. I think the the word that the CEO of Warner Brothers said was the uh, Middle Earth cinematic universe. I mm-hmm. think that was kind of uh, in, in maybe not in those direct terms, but the idea of that like we're going to build a universe around all this now. I'm like, oh no. But <laughs> oh, so, just do one good thing, and then I know. I and know. Then, think of think of how incredible it could be if they did get the right person, which they won't. I mean, I'm a pessimist, so I'm, I'm sure yeah. they won't. But yeah. but if they did, and you built a cinematic universe around it, and you did that thing, like like you were saying, yeah. John, where you just made sure that you told one story at a time. You you were taking a very small story in the text, whether those are the appendices or the Silmarillion, and you and you just do that one, and you make sure you try to be as Tolkien Tolkien esque as possible about it, and that's it. I mean, yeah. the worst thing that 
they they set themselves up for failure aside from the the unbelievable lack of actual writing talent that <laughs> reared its head in the rings of power there was the fact that they were set this, themselves to fail from the first because yeah. they of their time compression um design yes yeah. oh yeah it, it was just well, the time it, compression is the thing i've harped on most i'm yeah. like you know this is you you don't understand you you just don't understand tolkien if this if you think yeah. that's okay like yep yeah um, you just don't get it <laughs> Well, you don't get it. Well, we can talk about this for a very, very long time, but uh, we will actually. We'll do that in our extended podcast now, But um, which which you can get to by going to theonering.com slash patron where you can join us and not actually pay Patreon or YouTube the additional 30% that they take. So uh, it's actually <laughs> cheaper there. But you can go to YouTube and become a member. You click the join button next to the, the subscribe button or somewhere around there. Anyway, it's below the video. I don't know. Somewhere. <laughs> Uh, we want to we want to give John a chance to uh, to tell no, us. No, no, John doesn't get to. No, no, we're done. Hmm. Sorry, John, you don't get to tell us. Of course, oh, that's good. Self, more self-flagellation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so go there for that. And if you want John's, John, tell us where we can get your podcast. Obviously, podcasts and things like that. And uh, but also your books. And I know you sell other stuff. And and you have a Patreon and all that yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a Patreon. patreoncom slash Road. Uh, TolkienRoad.com for basically everything else. Um, yeah, my books. Uh, I was actually going to mention this one earlier. That, so this is Tolkien's Overture. This is a, a book about the uh, music of the Ainur. And yeah, there you go. Yes. Up close and personal. I want that. Uh, book about the music of the Ainur, Ainur Lindeley. Um, and it uh, goes into an exploration of music in Middle Earth and how music is like this... Um, substance that middle earth seems to be made out of within the legendarium so uh that would be the the central thesis of that one this is my short book about about baron and luthien right there Tolkien's so, requiem. yeah which one should we start with first well <clears throat> um tolkien's requiem is very short and it's about baron and luthien and so i tell people it's a great way to uh it's like a back door into the silmarillion because the story of Baron and Luthien is maybe the most um, it's, it's, it's maybe the, the most digestible story within the Silmarillion for uh, the first time reader. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, a person who's just come from the Lord of the Rings because Sauron plays a big role in it. So you've got a character you recognize right there, uh, right up front. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful story. Uh, very dynamic, beautiful story. A lot of action. Um, just good stuff yeah so anyway tolkien's requiem is a yeah that kind of ties the whole silmarillion story together with using baron and luthien as a frame of reference and and you can go to tolkiensrequiem.com nice you bought the domain good job coming from a web developer for the last 20 years before (laughs) you bought the you you published the book you probably bought the domain right uh probably maybe i didn't really get to start just say yes just say yes yes <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we'll 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 link all the, we'll link the books below the podcast, Patreon, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and we'll have to do this more often. Like, I want to I want to you know keep conversations going because it's nice to hear other people's perspective on things too. Because sometimes we get into our own heads for too much, and we'll just keep 
harping on the rings of power in the same way over and over and over again because it's so easy or talking it's, about the same thing in lord of the rings so much it is kind of fun to harp on the rings of power though we got it <laughs> there's some kind of perverse satisfaction know, by the way i'm with you i'm with you about the story of helm hammerhand that's that in, in the anime version I'm, yeah. I, I have i have some hope for that story stop so talking we'll talk about it in the extended podcast oh like, right come Sorry, on bad. jeez all right we gotta get, so rid, we, get rid of the freeloaders first yeah that's right we're gonna we're gonna head over there so yeah go, go to the one.com slash patron to get that and uh, you get it on YouTube and you can get it uh, in your podcast app of choice. Uh, so we're going to head over into there. Thanks, John, for joining us. It's good, good seeing you, Michael. I'll see you guys right here on the other side.